0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team,
1: Kanda Power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power.
0: power, 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 power. Love Hi, and welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, the weekly show about all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Mac and I, and joining me as co host, we've got Fishing Rick. How are you, mate?
1: I'm not saying anything. I'm getting picked on tonight. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. The internet's crap. And, buddy, I'm lagging. But I'm here. I'm good. I'm excited. Big week of football. And uh, for Harold, he should be very very happy. I've got our main player back on the podcast. And Tango is back to join us. And Tango is here tonight to make sure we can forward Fairlane in check. Because we know he loves to talk Port Adelaide. But we need to keep this content within an hour and a half.
2: Awesome. I when you
1: said your main player was back, you meant me.
2: He's got you there. <laughs> really.
1: Second main player.
0: <laughs> the welcome return of Tango.
1: Speak to us, Tango. 100%. She's saying move Jackson to the forward lines.
0: And joining us on the podcast, the welcome return of Ford Fairlane.
2: Thank you. Good to be back.
0: So, how are we feeling for this week, boys?
2: Confident. Does that did that sound confidently confident?
0: Oh, I hit a uh, little bit of a tremble there,
2: but... I think right. uh, I think this is probably our biggest biggest test for a while. I think Sydney have obviously been playing some really good football over the last month and six weeks, and um, I guess we tip it out. That's a, a bit of a bonus for us, but. It's going to be a really tough struggle up there. It's been a long time since we've won in Sydney and um, even allowing for some ordinary form from us over the last few years before Ken's arrival. uh, It's not a great record in Sydney.
0: Absolutely. I think we've only won there twice this century. So it's not a great record at all.
2: And we don't have Jared Polton to get us over the line.
0: No, or Jared Polek. Or Jared Polek. No, we do have JP Jasper Pittard. So we
1: do. You, you never know. Go the pit dog.
0: Go the pit dog. How about you, Rick? How are you feeling?
1: What is it? What's a win this week? Is a win actually a win? Or is a win an honourable loss? It seems to be such a circumspect week in the media for, for us as a footy club when everyone's been giving us so much loving. Um, the media seems to be getting sucked in with the Sydney juggernaut, which I'm not convinced is a juggernaut at the moment and um, and even us Port supporters are, uh, are still lacking a little bit of faith. So I'm wondering if the supporters are thinking a win's an honourable loss at the SCG or are we expecting a win? Um, I'm confident without being arrogant. Obviously, Sydney in Sydney is a massive challenge for us and it hasn't been a happy hunting ground, but uh, I would be expecting us to be putting in a very strong showing. And when I'm thinking Port Sydney in 2014... I'm looking at Port Sydney over two games and two legs, um, with the possibility that we might lose in Sydney. Um, but then on the flip side, I would be strongly expecting a win against Sydney at Adelaide Oval. And if we break even uh, over these two legs, well, then it's game on comes come finals time.
2: I think given Adelaide Oval and the Sydney cricket ground are both pretty um, strong contested footy grounds, I think... Uh, Either, either ground would be great to win at, and I think we've given our contested footy is is probably underrated a bit in terms of. They, we get talked about our pace and outside run and and what we can create through our um, our best players. We certainly play a really strong contested brand of footy. And I think that that'll that hold us in good stead at the Sydney cricket ground. And I remember last year, Alan Richardson, who you guys might remember, I've almost forgotten him. I think he came to town last week for a game. Anyway, that he, he was talking about the dimensions of the Oval really lent themselves to tough contested footy. And that was a conversation he and Kenneth Howe with the, and, and probably Darren Burgess as well in, in preparation for this year. So... I think the the sort of footy we play and the the body strength and the type of player we've got in there is going to suit the Sydney cricket round almost as much as Adelaide Oval.
1: Look, I I watched Hawthorne-Sydney this year and I looked at that game and I looked at both of those sides and I thought, we've got those teams covered. And the reason I thought we had those teams covered is because I thought both of those sides looked slow. And we, when we're playing our fast game of football, um, and I don't know if we are running out of juice like some people are alluding to, uh, but if we play our fast brand of football, I don't think Sydney can keep up. And as Ford said, we've got the contested game now to get the ball out into the open spaces and run. Um, and to me, that's why I think we do have an advantage over Sydney and to be honest, at this point in time in the season, that's why we've got an advantage over the 17 teams, because we are the fittest and the fastest side. Now, are we going to come back to the pack? Are we going to wear out, because we're still relatively young? Maybe. Um, But we're still going strong.
0: Do you think Sydney is slow?
1: I do. I do, actually. I don't don't think they're the fastest side going around. Uh, I think their more direct ball movement now is making them look faster. But... I thought that Hawthorne-Sydney game, those two teams, to me, they looked slower than Port Adelaide. Okay. That's
0: fair enough. I would have said the exact opposite. I reckon they're a very quick side, but that's just me.
1: Well, maybe that's because they've fixed up their ball movement. Maybe their ball ball movement's become a bit more direct, a bit more efficient, and therefore they're moving the ball faster. Um, But, yeah, from what I've seen of Sydney this season, I think Port's got them covered in the speed stakes.
0: Okay, that's fair enough. Uh,
1: I guess I
2: always see Sydney as being a really strong, contested footy side. I haven't really thought about... I think they've they've got enough pace... Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be as competitive as they are. But I think Rick's right as well that there's some pretty quick direct ball movement going on. And when you've got the, the big targets up there, they've got in their forward line, you can pretty confidently bang the ball forward if you, if you like, if you don't have time to, to build up some play. And certainly the Sydney cricket ground, you've got probably attacking from the wings. You could drop it well into the forward 50. And knowing you've got guys like Goods and Franklin and, and Reed up there even would tip it out it's some it's pretty decent marking power up there, and and some good players at ground level as well if the ball hits ground. So there's I think you know I, I think there's some some pace in their in their side, and um, but also there's some really good direct ball movement. So I've managed to agree with both of you and not offend anyone.
0: <laughs> That's it. Good fence sitting. I like
1: it. <laughs> I, tell you what, I love a good fence it a <laughs> It's it's a nice piece of work that.
0: Oh, fantastic. Don't be,
1: yeah, you, don't be afraid to offend us, Ford. We're, we've we got thick skin and we're happy to be challenged. Porsche likes to challenge us every time she's on.
0: And every time she's not too, so that's that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've brought in the big guns. We've got uh, the Captain Travis Boat. We've got Gus Monfries and uh, Matty White coming back in uh, for Sammy Gray, Benny Newton and, uh, unfortunately, Jared Pollack out with an ankle.
2: Yes. Yeah, that was that was bad luck. I uh, I saw that news tonight on the uh, the text message on the phone, uh, that's a bit unlucky. I thought I thought Newton was a bit unlucky to miss out. I quite liked his game last week, and at least in terms of the way he went and got the footy, I think his yep. disposal wasn't great, but you can probably put that down to nerves. But I think he picked up like a dozen possessions in a, a quarter and a bit, and I think all of it was in contested situations. Yeah, thought so that would maybe just hold him in good stead for the Sydney game. I'm just wondering whether Young, he's maybe running out a bit of steam. Um, he's, he's had a fairly extended run in the side now, sort of subbing and coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, personally, I would have probably kept Newton in for Young. I think um, Young needs a little bit of a run in the SANFL, just to get a little bit of confidence back up. Um, and you can never have a, enough contested ball winners against um, Sydney, and Newton is more of a pure sort of inside mid um, than Young is.
1: Yep. I'm a bit yep. dubious on whether Boak will play, though.
2: Well, there was talk he'd rolled his ankle at training yeah. again, so I don't know how, how many times Kenny can pull that one and naming Boki and then pulling him out the day before. It's, uh, it might get a bit obvious after a while. But You think looks like well White and Monfries will both be back at least, so there's still a, a fair bit of firepower coming into the side. I, I still think we're about a three-goal better side with Monfries in there because he's he's just so strong overhead. He's he's such a smart footballer. He'll, he'll drag guys up out of the out of the forward 50 and open up the space there, and then he'll get back in there himself. And I think if he was if he had a, a yard more pace, he'd he'd just be absolutely devastating.
0: Yeah, so how do we feel about this game? Um, Me, I'm I'm ridiculously pumped up for this game. I'm probably more eager for this one than any other game so far this year. I feel like we haven't really been given the respect that we deserve, which sounds a bit stupid considering we've only lost the one game by a kick so far this year. Um, Do we feel that if we win this game, we'll finally be recognised? Maybe amongst other AFL supporters as opposed to sort of the media and that sort of thing as an AFL force this season? Or do we expect to be given the asterisks because Tippett and McLean are out? I, think
2: that I don't think so. There'll, there'll be an element of, I guess, of some, maybe, you know, I guess amongst those who who was, oh, you know, McGlynn and Tippett are out of the people are, that are the ones that are dissing us anyway all the time. I think we've, we've won a, quite a bit of respect this year. I think a lot of people think, you know, we we, we may not go all the way, but we're certainly the real deal as far as a top-four team goes. Yep. And uh, obviously winning would, would really... Uh, if you win at the SCG, I mean, and Geelong lost here by 100 points a couple of weeks ago. Yep. So you've, you've got to say if we win there, even with a couple of guys out, it's it's not like we're at full strength either, you know, it's True. that's always seems to be overlooked. Apparently we don't get injuries, only other teams do. <laughs> so the people that are gonna asterisk any of those results are the ones that will asterisk everything. Yeah. And you just you just can't win, you know, I mean there are people that still try to asterisk the, the two thousand and four grand final, mostly former Brisbane players and coaches, not Sean Hart of course. But uh, I think you know, I think we've won a fair bit of respect and I think when we win in Sydney then It'll, our stocks were really sore because, I mean, there seems to be a lot of talk in the media that Sydney are, you know, suddenly they're premiership favourites because they've yep. they've had a good month of footy. Well, we've had a good season of footy. And Absolutely. Sydney are 10-1. Yep.
1: Well, Sydney's played um, two more top-eight sides than us. Uh, they've lost one more game to a top-eight side and, obviously, they've lost one to a bottom-eight side. So... I mean, how it can be argued that they're in much better form than us as a team is debatable. And, I mean, I think the Geelong game is a bit of an anomaly, really. I I think um, Geelong lost two key pillars in their defensive 50, which really threw them out structurally. But usually in the past, they've been a better team than that. Uh, But I I do believe that their depth is now starting to be tested with retirements and, and loss of players. So... Um, you know, are they going on a downward spiral? Maybe not, but they're going to probably be exposed to more uh, fluctuations uh, some, from time to time. So, and look, no disrespect to Sydney, they played well um, as well in that game. But you know, outside of that, you know, they've they haven't been superior to us. Their, their percentage isn't superior to Port, um, and obviously their their wins and losses haven't been superior either. So. I mean, the media is obviously just getting sucked in with the love of Sydney that they've been consistent finalists for 13 years, and fair enough. And and we've still got to prove ourselves. We've had one season last year where we won one final and then bowed out, and it's up to us to back it up. And I think if we win this week, uh, we will command a lot of respect. But until we go deep into finals, uh, we're still going to have question marks over... Um, our game plan, can we sustain it? Is it viable? Um, you know, and we need to just prove that. And I have belief in, uh, in Ken Hinckley and Darren Burgess and, and the playing group are fit enough to maintain it. They've been doing well so far. And, and as Macca pointed out last week, our injuries uh, are not really training injuries, they're collision football injuries, which, which means our players are going hard and doing what they're supposed to.
0: So let's talk about some matchups because there's some really interesting uh, players on both sides, um, and some pretty interesting matchups that could happen. Uh, I guess the the main person to speak about is Buddy Franklin. Um, he's kicked eighteen goals in the last four games against Port Adelaide. I think we've done some pretty good shutdown jobs on him before when he was at um, when he was at the Hawks a few years back. Um, who do we really see going um, to Buddy? Uh, do we do Trend Gove, does, uh, does Carlisle go to him? Obviously, okay. he's probably our form defender. But we I also mean, saw okay. Jack Homsch, um take Rewalt last week, who's probably um, athletically uh, the most similar
2: I think um, I mean Bobby. I think Bobby usually gets gets Buddy, and I think he's he's the one I'd go to first. I think with Rewalt last week, there was there was a bit of mix and matching going on. I think a, a few picked him up during the course of the game. Yeah. So yeah, I That's basically because of his engine. that The guy just runs and runs and runs, and you you, you can't leave a bloke on him all the time. It's really if you mix it up a bit, and so you've got someone who's always a bit fresh on him. That's fine, and um, but I think with, with Buddy, it's it's usually Bobby that gets him when we play when we when he was at Hawthorn, and he'd be the one I'd I'd start on him. Yep. I think um, Stephen May played on him uh, when they played Gold Coast last week, and he's only one hundred ninety yeah. centimeters. Did a pretty good he's, job he's, too. Big strong body, you know, and he, he, he gets in the way, and he, he plays tight contested contested footy, and and tries to cut off the lead, and probably. Didn't really give up a, a lot of what you'd call genuine one on one goals to Buddy. So I think Bob Bob plays the same can play the same style of footy and yep. and will make
1: him accountable as
2: well because he'll run off.
1: Yeah, I'd actually like Hompsch on him to be honest. I think Homps can learn a bit from the Rewalt game last week and uh, and Buddy and Rewalt play play a similar game where they they like to run out of the uh, the forward fifteen, run up the ground a little bit more and. Uh, I do sort of think that will Bobby be able to go with him all the way up and back down the ground continuously I think Hompsch has probably got a little bit more fitness on his side um, and a bit of flexibility there I, I, don't, I don't know if we're smart enough to play it but you know maybe Homsch when he runs out of the 50 and, and Bobby takes him as he comes back into the uh, the forward 50 if that's a possible uh, strategy that we could play as a defensive unit but uh, probably those two, I'd, I'd probably like my first. I don't know if Jackson would be maybe fast enough to, to go with uh, Buddy.
0: Yeah, I think is probably the, the right matchup for Sam Reed. I'd love to see Homsch start on goods, just to see what he can do there. Um, yeah. I think this is really the game where we need to see Homs, um sort of cutting off those leads of Buddy's at his best, I think.
1: You wouldn't want Jonas on goods?
0: No, I'd probably start Homsch on goods.
1: Right. I'd, uh, I'd be more keen, in my opinion. I'd be keen to lock down goods, negate his influence. He seems to always have a damaging uh, influence against us. Uh, I like your Trengove-Reed suggestion. Uh, Pike could maybe expose us a little bit down back if uh, with my structure if Bobby's on him. Yep. Uh, but, but, yeah, I would, uh, I'd probably go with uh, uh, Jonas on the goods, try and lock him down. Uh, and, I mean, that's the depth of Sydney, isn't it? I mean, it's not going to be any of these matchups for a full game, and it's definitely going to be circulating between all the players. But yep. it'll be interesting to see how each player goes on those respective players. Absolutely.
2: So you, you wouldn't put Jasper on Goods then?
1: Mm, no, probably Jasper on, on a McVay who's been playing forward. Um, you know, Speed for speed, he should be able to keep up one-on-one. Hopefully he doesn't get exposed. And, yeah. and if uh, McVeigh's playing a very attacking game, maybe Jasper can uh, uh, expose him on the counter.
0: I don't think we'll see Jasper playing on McVeigh for the sole fact that I think McVeigh's mainly been doing a, a sort of a forward tagging role. So I think we'll see McVeigh start on Brodie, I reckon.
2: Okay. Yep. A bit
0: of a shutdown job there.
2: When we played them last time, O'Shea picked up goods. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? When we won at Footy Park last year? I remember goods. I remember O'Shea being in the area yeah. and to roll um, hurt his knee. So yeah. I'm assuming O'Shea was there. Was just um, I think O'Shea was just a great guy to have there. That he'll drop into the space in front of leading tall leading forwards. Um, in sort of that Montg- Montgomery kind of role. And I'm just wondering who who might do that. I mean, Pollock's sort of been doing a plus one role for us in the last couple of weeks. And in Saint Kilda, he was especially when they were kicking with the breeze, he was starting at half-back and he just gives us so much rebound off of that half-back line, just chopping off the ball and then returning it with interest back into our forward line. That uh, we'll, I'm not sure he'll pick that role up for this game, but we'll miss that, that particular um, bit of structuring up that he does. I guess another guy who could drop back into spaces like that is Brad Ebert because he's such a brave player and so hard-working and he's a big, strong body as well. We
0: spoke about Tommy Jonas. Um, I reckon he's probably the right matchup for Luke Parker. He's pretty much turned into the new Rhino Keith uh, for Sydney. He's such a manic tackler. He's a great goal kicker. He picks up heaps of the ball himself. He can move into the midfield. I reckon he'd be the perfect matchup for Tommy J.
2: Yeah, I think that that's a that's a pretty reasonable matchup. I always think of Luke Parker as sort of a smaller kind of forward, but but Tommy plays so well on. Guys, he's probably got about a you know six to eight inch range that he can work with between guys between five foot ten and six foot four. Yep. He's um, he's very good at a, a guys at a range of sizes, and uh, I think yeah, he'd he'd be a, a good match up for Parker. He's a very strong body and good hard contested ball winner again. Sort of a, it's a given with Sydney players, isn't it? Absolutely. But in terms of where's Jetta been playing? Lately, is he across the midfield or up at half forward, high half forward?
0: I think he's more across the midfield. Yep. Okay. He's their leading inside fifty player, so.
2: So White Matt White might be picking him up then.
0: <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I would think that would be the matchup that I'd go with.
2: that would be that'll leave some some scorched grass even on a wet day. I reckon the speed <laughs> of those two.
0: Absolutely. There's I guess there's also Reece Shaw. Um, who he might want to shut down coming out of defence as well. So he might play on him instead.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Monfries, if if he does play, he could certainly pick up one of their rebounding defenders. Malczewski's the other one, of course, who's been been in good form. And you'd probably want to try and negate their run off a half-back.
0: Well, who do we see Dom Cassisi going to? Because he's in the side. He's, He's done some pretty good shutdown jobs so far this year. Do we see him maybe playing a forward... Um, defensive role. Yeah, it's
1: certainly it's certainly possible. What does he go on? Does well, he go I on th- the bigger body midfielders?
0: No, I think he'd be a pretty good matchup for Malceski, to be honest.
2: They'd be a similar size, and Malcheschi's not super quick or anything. And and Don, I think I think he's been terrific this year. I think a guy's might have been on the, the edge of you would have thought like Kane Corns a couple of years ago on the edge of his career at the start of this year and I think he's really responded well. I mean, he's his his contested footy, his ability to, you know, to get into the bottom of packs. I know he's he's had some horrible clangers in a in a few games and cost us goals but gee, some of the some of his uh, just blue collar work ethic has just been fantastic and um certainly that, that would be a, a pretty good matchup for him I think.
0: Yep. I guess the other main player to talk about is uh, Josh Kennedy. He's just about as good as it gets in the AFL right now. He's probably only behind Ablett um, as the best player in the league currently. He's uh, second in disposals in the AFL. He's third in clearances and second in contested possessions. Um, do we think we'll do a lockdown job on him as well, or will we see someone like an Ebert or a Wines go up against him?
2: I think you just go head-to-head with him. I mean, if he starts to to create some havoc, but if you you can certainly play a mid mid... Uh, on board, could play a defensive role against him without it being a, a full-on hard tag. And I think sometimes with some of these guys that are that, are that sort of like, given the size of the guy, you know, six foot three and about ninety-five kilos, you, you'd almost make him that that sort of player that people just pick up responsibility for, depending which zone of the ground he's on, rather than trying to get someone to run with him. He, he may well. I mean, um, Ken may well throw Kane Corns onto him and just say just sit with him but it's it's a big match up for, for Kane who physically be giving away a fair bit of height and weight to Kennedy so maybe it is just a matter of a defensive on-ball role and then other guys picking him up rolling through the ground.
0: I think we'll see Corns play on Hanabry again I mean he did a fantastic job against yeah. him last year yep. he kept him to 13 disposals and in a year where Hanabry almost won a brown low I think his game against Port last year was probably his worst game for the season.
2: And and he'd had a few forty possession games leading up to that or close yeah, enough to yeah, it, yeah. didn't he? He was yeah. in Corns really killed Korn. him. Yeah. Yeah. He just he's another one who's who's just keeps on keeping on. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's fair and I think that probably would be the matchup for Kane then. I
0: mean, we're talking about, I guess, the defensive matchups, but we've got a lot of players that they need to look out for as oh, well. I mean Ebert, Oak, Wines um, you're talking about Wingard, Gray, harlot I mean, we've got so many guns on just about every single line. Um, they're going to have to be on their toes as well.
2: Oh, that, absolutely. I think I think we get underrated a bit there for just the individual star power. I think people talk a lot about oh they've got a lot of first round draft picks, and they talk about us as if we're just some sort of even bunch of scrubbers. And um, if, if we'd have done a love and a hate earlier, I was I was going to mention Rowan Connolly's midweek. Uh, or mid-season, all Australian team that he brought out mid-week, where he basically put in one Port Adelaide player,
1: yeah,
2: and said he had Robbie Gray in there, and said I would have put Chad Wingard in, but Gray locked it, kept him out. And what sort of logic is that that he, he's he and Gray are vying for the same spot? And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking it's it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know, that Wines, Boak, Hartlett, Gray, Wingard even um, Westhoff, who probably hasn't been producing a lot in terms of goals, but just his effort up and down the ground and his, his defensive work as a, a loose man in defence and and then going up forward and at least creating an option up there, it just doesn't seem to get recognised. I mean, even Matty White, I don't think anyone seems to take too seriously at the moment outside of Port Adelaide. Yep. He has an enormous role at Port, and, and Pollock's just Definitely. just been fantastic. I mean, it's it's been borderline... You know, between him and Dal Santo for recruit of the Year. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, in three years, I know who's still going to be playing and who's going to be an even, even better player than he is now. And what Pollock's shown this year, I mean, Brisbane must look at Pollock and go, who is that guy?
1: Yeah.
2: He's got the same name as the guy we let guy. but he doesn't look the same. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think people sort of underestimate we the, the talent we've got in that side, and that that midfield is so deep now with with really good players. I mean, it's not about it's a deep midfield because it's a whole bunch of B graders that are that are okay. It's it's some
1: genuine it's got talent. Some
0: serious star power. Tango, what
1: are you doing? Stop it! Blow those candles out now. Want, <laughs> oh, sorry. You guys were just having a love in for the last fifteen minutes, and uh, <laughs> Tango was molestering me on on the bed, so... Uh, Sounds like
2: you might have been uh, What were
1: we talking about? Run. Are you oh, making mate, bacon, Rick? i got, got, got my Jasper Pittard Guernsey on and um, photo and Brendan Archie's up on the Tango's wall as well. And, yeah, Tango's getting a bit randy. Setting on, girl. What's going on there?
0: <laughs> Thanks, Who do they... Eat? Who do they need to look out for the most?
1: Well, all of our bloody team, because we got a fantastic team, and it's disgraceful that we only had one player in an expert journalist all Australian side halfway through the season. If this was Geelong, circa two thousand and seven, the whole team would have been all Australian. Excellent. You know, it's uh, it's disgraceful. And as you guys rattled off, um, you know, we've got a dozen players out of that twenty-two which need to be respected, and if they don't, they get, Sydney's going to get burnt. But unfortunately. The Sydney Football Club aren't the media, so they're not stupid. And uh, they're not going to get lulled into any of this media bias. But um, look, I'm really hoping to see um, Hamish Hartlett back up last week's game. I thought he was an inspirational leader for us, and uh, I'd really like to see him back that up again. And he's one player uh, that I think can be a very lethal weapon for us on, yeah. the, on the small SCG. I Absolutely. mean, he can be inside the square and he can be banging it deep. And, yeah. you know, Sydney, I think are going to be playing, paying very close attention to him, which, which is what you guys are saying. They try and lock down Hamish Hartlett. Well, then Brad Ebert or Travis Boakie or Robbie Gray or Chad Wingard are going to come up and, and cause some problems. So, um, you know, again, we're getting back as supporters this mentality of, oh, we've got to watch out for Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. But, yeah, they've got to watch out for us. And I think a lot of teams haven't been doing that this year too well. And that's why we're sitting on top with 10 wins and one loss. And and hopefully these players can back it up again this week. I
2: think oh, yeah, Hartlett, with his, his leg, certainly, he's almost almost got that Stuart due capability of really... Tearing open a, a team's back line with the, some really long precision kicking into the forward line. Probably not quite the depth of Stewie's kick, but it's it's a, a pretty big weapon. And I remember He's been doing it a many, lot more
0: this year as well, which is. Yeah, uh, I think, I think, what I think what I he's got free
2: reign from Ken. And I think one of the things like when we used to play at the Sydney Cricket Ground was um, we never played the ground very well. We always seemed to think we had to work it up to the forward 50 and then work it around the arc. And, try and, and then try and get in there and and get an easy shot at goal. And I remember it used to drive me crazy because we'd have Stewie Dew there and, and instead of banging it up at the top of the goal square or, or hitting up targets from 50 metres away, he was, he'd was he get up to the 50 and then, and then chip it sideways 30 metres. to you know, Roger James would chip it sideways to maybe you know, Shea Cockatoo Collins or something. So we, we always play the Sydney Cree round really weirdly. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing us play there under Ken Inkley and seeing how Ken attacks the the SCG and I think with, you know with Phil Walsh there in um, doing tactics and analysis and Sean Hart who's who's uh, got a really good football brain and and the other assistant coaches I'm I'm quite I'm this is one of the things that really interests me about this game is just simply how we'll play the ground because I think we've played it bizarrely over a number of years and um, would really love to see us attack and, and it's a small ground and just just attack the front of the goals and yep. And create some havoc in their in their backline. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are we
1: doing the big four, Macker?
0: Yeah, let's get onto it, mate. Time to stand up, Rick. Who's going to stand up?
1: I'm going to go a bit off ball with this one and say it's time to stand up our contestive, contested ball unit. Um, I thought they were pretty poor against Melbourne. We we sort of came back hard in the second. Half against St Kilda, but we need a four-quarter consistent effort of winning that contested ball and getting it out to our runners and moving the ball quickly.
0: Yep, fantastic call.
1: I think um, just four quarters of of switched on focused football. I think
2: the the problem with playing these these lower ranked sides is you. I think teams do do tend to take a, the foot off the pedal a bit or take it a bit easy in games. I think the great challenge with, with the Hawthorns and Geelongs and, and now the Sydney teams of this world is that you can't afford to relax and you can't afford to lose your focus in a game and really got to keep switched on and just play really, really good hard footy and, and get that spread happening and that run happening and, and open them up, I think, um, no doubt about the contested footy, but also I think in terms of getting the ball out and getting the run happening and the overlapping run, especially the Sydney cricket ground, but that's, that's going to be a really vital part of this game.
0: Definitely. Mine's kind of linked to yours, Rick. Um, I've chosen Matthew Lobie It's the big lobster's time to stand up. I think if, if we're going to win, um, we're going to need a huge effort from lobie this week. Um, I think his breakout game big in ball. the AFL last year was against Sydney where he dominated the hitouts and the contested bowl as well. I think we really need to, uh, to see him do the same this week against what really is a fantastic midfielder, especially with Mike Pike coming back in as well. Um, we really do need first use of the ball. And the one thing that Sydney do is they do give up a lot of hit outs to their opponents. And I think we really need to make the most of that this week. Now, the danger man, Ford, who is your danger man this week? I
2: think, <laughs> I think about a hat, really. any number of them. I mean, Adam Goods always makes our lives hell, doesn't he? I think he's, he's um, not quite the Boomer Harvey of Sydney, but geez, he's darn close. And he's. He's been a real handful for us for a number of years and even in games where you think you haven't seen that much of Adam Goods this half, then suddenly he'll come out in the second half and, and basically create six goals and kick a few himself yep. and I think he's he's always the one that that drives you crazy and, and when the game's there to be won at the end, he's he's the one that's most likely to stand up and take it away from you.
1: Yep. Can we they- Kennedy. I want to I want to see him locked down. But then saying that, I want to see Ollie Wines and Kennedy, because he's sort of got the the present and the up and coming future. But I don't think Ollie Wines would do a lockdown role on Kennedy, so uh, that's not really his role. But um, yeah, I'd really like to see us stop Kennedy and in his influence. Yep.
0: I'm going to pick uh, Nick Malcheski. Um I think he could play a bit of a Mzungu role. As we saw against Fremantle, um, where he sort of dropped in front of a hole in front of our forward line, and he could very easily pick up a lot of marks at Willen and, and sort of run it out and give it off to Reece Shaw and, and that sort of thing. I think he's as good as it gets for a creative back flanker. Um, so he's uh, my danger man this week.
1: You know, talking about Kennedy quickly, uh, could Tom Jonas maybe run with Kennedy?
0: Well, he's probably about the same height and, uh, and size as him. So, yeah, it's. Definitely a possibility.
2: I just wonder whether you want to pull Tom out of that backline role, where we've got such a a set pattern mm. with the backline, and they all cover each other so well. And then to really run him hard, and then and then what does he do then? Does he drop back into the backline and try and catch his breath, and and possibly get exploited by a, a small, quick forward? Mm. You know, if say a Parker's there.
0: I would personally go with Ollie Wines. Yeah. I think Ollie Wines. I'd have him standing right next to Kennedy at the stoppages. Um, interlock the arms and you know just try and outbustle him. Really. Now the yeah, anyway. the key to winning, Rick.
1: Well, it's almost uh, the More first comment about. that I said, isn't it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I want my key to for us to win is I really want us to focus on the contested ball. Um, as I said before, it was uh, it was pretty poor against the Melbourne game and St Kilda's really not a true reflection. Um, no disrespect the St Kilda fans at the moment, but, you know, they're a pretty average side. And, uh, you know, if we dish up that, uh, we're going to get blown apart. So, um, you know, a key for us is going to be our contested ball and getting that outside run and direct run. As Ford uh, rightfully pointed out, we can't do this uh, uh, chippy indirect slow yeah. play at the SCG. It's Sydney's fun. just going to run back and then we're going to, and then we're going to be having a flooded in the inside 50 and got nowhere to go. So we need to be brave as we like to be and take the game on, run direct lines and, and win the clearances. And I, I think we'll go a long way. And as I said earlier, I think I'm putting my neck on the line and I'm, I'm happy to do that because I do it every week anyway, I make myself look like a goose. But <laughs> I think we're a faster team than Sydney and I, I'm hoping that we can expose it uh, to my, on Saturday uh, and hopefully it doesn't rain because that might be in Sydney's benefit. Yep.
2: Yeah, well, pretty much the same, isn't it? It's it's really winning that, that hard contested footy. This is this is a game that we've got to play that our best sort of, you know, butt head kind of football, I guess. And you you're banging heads against the opposition. They're a very strong side, they win a lot of hardball and that's that's where we have to beat them. And I think that's where Ken will want us to beat them, is is in that hard contested footy and get it quickly and direct into a, into a forward line and try and keep that forward line open and, and maybe even pull the tall forwards up the ground a bit and get it over the top for the runners to get onto or or a or a wing guard on the lead out of the goal square even. Um, I'm not sure how you know just how crowded it gets in that in in the SCG, but as long as you can, you've got good movement there, but it's really about that that quick direct movement. As I said before, I mean I've seen us play that ground so often where we, we're just not quick and direct. And often well, with games we've won there, it's it's been either the quick direct movement or it's been the game looks like it's slipping away and, and then you just bang it in long anyway. And and, that's, and suddenly you're creating goals, whereas if you try and go in there with a really precise approach, it's just not going not to work there.
0: No. Mine's, yeah, pretty much the same variation on, on a theme here. It's fast and direct movement. Um, it is... A little bit hard to do on, on a ground the size of a primary school oval, but um, I really want to see us take the game on. Don't allow them to set up behind the ball, go really quick and direct down the corridor, and really hope for the likes of Schultz and Westhoff to take some grabs inside 50. And if they're not, then see what Wingutter, and Monfries and Gray can do inside 50 as well. Um, it's going to be really hard to do with their manic pressure, but I think our handball skills are probably the best in the league. And we've shown this year against really good opposition that if we do take the game on... We normally come out of it very well. Now, yeah, prediction time. Ford, who's going to win?
2: Port Adelaide by fourteen points. Nice,
0: Rick.
1: Ah, uh, shit. Port Adelaide by one point. Oh, one point. <laughs> you, you talked it up so much, I thought you were going to say like forty-eight points. Nah, <laughs> uh, Adelaide I'll Oval be maybe different. We a I'm
0: going to tip. Rick, you'll be very happy. I'm going to tip Port Adelaide by nine points this week. Stunned silence. This is great. Is, is that the
2: Macca reverse curse?
0: <laughs> I think Rick's dropped dead.
1: Yes. What did Macca pick?
0: Port Adelaide by nine points.
1: <laughs> you just made Tango explode. <laughs> now we're done. What the hell's going on here? You are confident, Macker? Well, I'm
0: very confident. I think we'll win. I think we'll get up. I well don't done. Know I'm this, proud. I don't know if this is a bad thing or not. I'm quite scared. You see what you
2: like by Saturday morning. Mm. You might have changed by then. True. Yeah. You might have got some sleep.
0: Well, this is no, this, this is, is, not is so true. I could be delirious, but you never know.
1: You <laughs> could be. This, this is the beckoning of Port Adelaide, the power of 2014 and beyond. So we should all be confident. Absolutely.
2: All
0: right, SANFL time. Porter playing Woodville West Torrens at Albert and Oval on Sunday. We've got a 35-33 win-loss record, and we've played them once already this year in round three, and we won quite comfortably by 58 points. Um, what do we want to see out of this game?
1: A win. A I win. I, I think
2: with the the sample, what I, what I'm really enjoying with the sample, apart from the winning, is that the the development of a reserves team is, has turned out the way we hoped it would. I mean, in theory it, it sounded good, and we're all pleased when it happened. But just just watching uh, watching them play and, and watching the kids come through, and I had a, a mate of mine who went last week and. And he was raving about, you know, just how good Carl Amon looked and um, Darcy Boone Jones, and and I think just the the, the up boy in, in Daniel Flynn at the moment. He's he's just been amazing. I mean, you you consider hey. that he's a, he's a guy that the size of Tim Evans who runs with the speed of Bruce Light. It's just it's just amazing to watch him. Or if yep. if Jumbo's listening to this, the size of Rick Davies who runs like Michael Graham um it, it would he would have been a phenomenon back in the 70s and probably even the 80s He's six foot near six foot 390 odd centimeters and 95 kilos and just some of that that run off the back line but but guys like amon and Darcy Boone Jones and you think last year they would have been out at South Adelaide and West Adelaide they probably dropped to the reserves and I think the, the beauty of it is they're playing league footy. Um, burn jones has been playing really well. Amon's probably been a little more inconsistent, but his good stuff is just really top shelf. And they're getting the chance to play it. They're playing in a winning team. They're contributing enough, and and they're learning how to play
1: at that league level. No, it's not, but I reckon Daniel Flynn's the player. That we'll all be talking about every week on this podcast for probably five ten minutes if we want to, because you know I think he's the most exciting future prospect in the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you hit the nail on the head with your description of him forty. To me, it's just I just want to see and read what he's doing every week because it's just amazing his size, his speed, and the skill that he's accumulating so quickly. Uh, he's I can't see how he can't be on our AFL this next year and the influence that he's kind of exerted AFL level, um, if he keeps this uh, tracking, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Well, as we spoke about last
0: week, you would think it's a Monty at this point that he'll get a, a proper um, senior list offer um, at the end of this season.
1: We're lucky, really. I mean, we're not lucky, but uh, good list management now that's evolving because to think that we've got um, uh, Newton plotting away in the reserves, wait, biding his time. We've got Cam O'Shea, which is a bit of a luxury to have him back there at the moment. Um, and you got Flynn uh, playing his trade. I mean, you know, those last two players could be line-breaking half-back flankers for us. In addition to the guys that we've got, um, that's going to give us some real depth um, with those half-back flanking positions, and, and give us real line-breaking ability, which is probably uh, the most important uh, attribute footy teams need in this modern sort of zone football. Um, you know, to have to think have Jasper, Flynn, O'Shea. Polek, um, you know, just to name Matty White, uh, to name a few. Uh, that's a lot of line-breaking players that you, you'd want to try and squeeze into one side, isn't
0: it? Yep. Yep. All right, lads. I reckon we might leave it there for now. Okay. Thanks for coming on again, Ford. Yeah.
1: Sure. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks, you.
0: Go Port Adelaide.
1: Did well, mate. Go Port Adelaide. I can see the Tim Genova influence going on here. <laughs> Go to power. <laughs> None of us
2: wants Not to be the one to <laughs> Go Port Power Footy Club. Established 99 <laughs> <96. laughs> Go Port Power!
0: Oh, oh, what a handball from. Could be a catastrophic error. And win game